Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We are going to talk about our final wide receiver and tight end rankings here today. Kyle, welcome. Good morning. Joseph, the long wait is over, my friend. Four. Game of Thrones is back! Game of Thrones is back on Sunday, and I cannot contain myself you know we called we probably talked for five minutes before we started recording this show i was just biting my tongue the entire time because i didn't want to blow that i was going to talk about this on the air and i know you don't care but there's so many people out there that do joe there's so many people don't take my joy in this i would never i'm so happy for you i'm happy happy. for me too just like six more episodes and then it's over Listen, you don't understand. They took like a two-year hiatus. Yeah, no, I do understand because you've told me about it. Who does that? <laughs> Why do they do it? It was just to get they, it. Yeah, so apparently like each of the episodes, like the first two episodes are normal length and then the last four are like legit like hour and 30 minutes. So there was additional production quality and the special effects are like way ramped up now. and uh just just uh, they wanted to do it as big as possible on the way out which i respect but not at the expense of me wondering if i was gonna die before i got to find out how (laughs) game of thrones ended and i should have known for a long time now how game of thrones ends and i still don't but i will start my journey of discovery with all of you except for joe on sunday night so joe we're not gonna be able to record on sunday night so is this this is every sunday night now for like six weeks yeah, this is almost as annoying as like me trying to record and you won't because you have Mets baseball to watch, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. uh what what happens draft week? Is it does, that, does it come on Sunday night? It does. Okay. Now we'll be in we'll be in Charlotte, right? Yeah, we'll be in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, so I will hole myself off in my room in your house. Yeah. And just watch it on my computer. I won't bother you, I promise. Wow. I mean, you, we could put it on the big screen. You, you no, know, no, 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 no. It's a romantic it, experience that is best in, in alone? Yes. Okay. All right. me, and, me and my laptop, and that's it. <laughs> All right. So wide receivers, tight ends, a lot of good ones this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll mirror last, you know, yesterday's show. We What do we do? Uh, quarterbacks, running backs? Yes, we did backs. All backs. Back. These are backs. pass catchers. Uh Shall we start with wide receivers, sir? Yeah, we shall. And you know what? You're going to lead off today because I've paid my dues of having lost the dueling mock drafts, and I led oh. yesterday, so now you have to lead. I wish I had the numbers. I think you went three out of four in the uh, in the NFC South. No, I don't care. Well, I do because I I'm wanted that margin. The, I'm surprised you put the polls out. <laughs> so oh, was it 20, 20 to 12 then? Uh, I, think, yeah, I think it's fine on 2012, yeah. Okay, so if I would have just – swept one division that you swept instead of me then we would have been tied solid yeah just completely rewrite the script and yep, we would have been tied. I, lost, yeah. I lost by four teams 
20 to 12, brother. That's a big margin. It, yeah, but if you take four and swing them the other way, then it's tied. So I lost by four teams. Uh, you know, if Lee Evans doesn't drop that ball from Joe Flacco, the Ravens go to the Super Bowl that year. I mean, what do you want? What are we doing here? Uh, all right. Now, my number five wide receiver in the 2019 NFL draft class. Yeah. <laughs> You would be dishing. I, I, yeah, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Your number five wide receiver is who? Come on. I bet now. you do want to move on, Kyle. Up. I bet you do. <laughs> what is that noise? Okay, so I'm in my uh, my kitchen, and we've got these motion sensors set up for security system. Man, and apparently, me moving my head three inches to the right was enough <laughs> to get into the the strike zone of the motion sensor. <laughs> you got your house on lockdown, man. Yeah, man, I ain't messing around. <laughs> okay. Can tell, can tell. You got that thing. Your the screen, come, your phone triggers when someone's at your front door. Uh, don't rob Kyle Krabs. It's not going to end well for you. All right, <laughs> number five. I have AJ Brown, wide receiver from Ole Miss. Respect, uh, respect. As in, it's it's the right spot, too high, too low. Because there are some people that were a little mad at me because they thought AJ Brown was a little low. I'm like, he's my fifth receiver. What what do you want from me? Right. It's that's about where he needs to be. Right. I like I like his game. If he if I knew he could beat press coverage and play on the boundary, I think he could be higher on this list. Although I do like the other four receivers ahead of him a good bit as well. Uh, Really love his size, his ability to function as a big slot. He he's really good after the catch, which was something I don't think I was surprising when I was watching his film, like when I was popping it on, like, oh, wow, this guy continues to rip off chunks after the catch. So uh, I think he's going to really thrive in the middle of the field. Uh, good hands, ball skills, route running's good. Uh, AJ Brown's just going to be a solid player. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be special, right? So is he ever going to be a real like number one guy that you you funnel your passing game through? I don't know if he gives you that, but I think he'll be a top two option and be very productive. Yeah. So wide receiver five for me is Hakeem Butler, Iowa State. Um, there was a late push. The, he and AJ Brown were very, very, very close together, and. Um, Hakeem Butler ended up actually taking that fifth spot from A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown for me is wide receiver six. Uh, Butler, obviously playing above the rim is where he's most special. Uh, Big play guy down the field. Love his potential in the red zone as being a contested catch guy. Back shoulder throws, high point throws, 50-50 balls. Uh, Two areas of concern for Hakeem Butler for me. One is getting off press coverage on the boundary. The other is when he's square to the football, he doesn't always pick up that ball in flight particularly clean, so it's just going to be a matter of ironing those issues out. If he does that, I think he'll be perfectly fine. He's got a really high ceiling. I like him on the on the outside. I like him as a guy that can play down the field. Kind of has some Brandon Marshall vibes to his game as far as how uh, physical and aggressive he is uh, before the catch and after the catch, but just – too much time right now being spent at the line of scrimmage against press. So speed that clock up, Keem, and, and you'll really get yourself to the next level as a football player. My wide receiver four is Ty Shun, Debo, Samuel, um, South Carolina. Good player, man. Uh, I love that he can win at every level of the field. Like very detailed route runner, really good after the catch, wins in the air, has ball skills, uncovers quickly, wins after the catch. I mean, I just kind of think he does, does everything pretty well for you. And if I can get him in in a timing-based offense where he's working to spots and you've got a, a receiver or a quarterback that's going to throw the football on schedule, man, I think he's going to be really, really, really productive. Um, he kind of gives you that Golden Tate, DJ Moore type vibe, that type of player that's not necessarily the, the tallest or longest receiver but has a strong above-the-rim game. 
uh, and also wins after the catch. So I just think think you're going to get a multifaceted contributor here. He can help you in the return game. Just going to be a solid player, man. I think he'll be really productive. Definitely a top three option in terms of, uh, you know, right away, I think, in an NFL offense. He'll, he was restricted a lot by just crap quarterback play at South Carolina. He had his own injuries he dealt with. And so, if uh, I mean, obviously, the, the quarterback play will be improved at the next level. But if he can stay healthy, man, I think he'll be a nice player. Well, my wide receiver four is also Debo Samuel. Uh, I would be remiss to not talk about his special teams contributions. He is a kick returner, is very, very dynamic. Uh, I don't know, man. I keep seeing these mock drafts like Debo going in the 50s. I don't know. Like, as long as his medicals are clean, like, top 40, top 45 should be a, a pretty realistic projection for Debo as far as he's super potent and super quick in short spaces. But he's slapped together really well. It's not like he's a frail body. He's, yeah. like, what, 215 or something? 210, 215? So he's got a lot of thickness on his frame, too that hopefully helps him stay healthy now that he's been able to kind of get over the hump with some of the injury issues that he's dealt with. My wide receiver three, Kelvin Harmon, North Carolina state, um, man, I just really like his game. You know, he's a bigger bodied receiver, really kind of, I, I keep saying this, he's a power forward with blue trip, blue chip, excuse me, play strength. And I, I like, I like his route running. You know, I think he's a technician as a route runner, um, I think he has good separation quickness. Maybe he didn't time all that well, but I'm comfortable with the way he gets in and out of his breaks. And he's one of those guys that really just does win at the catch point. Like, like you, you throw it to him in a spot, and you can just trust that his ball skills and his 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 play strength and body control is going to take over. Love how well he blocks. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think he'll be a, a great you know yards after catch guy, but he's going to you know he'll 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 challenge tacklers with physicality and get the the available yards and. I just think that he's going to be a mismatch in a lot of different ways that there's, he's just going to be able to out muscle corners. But then again, I just, I think you'd be remiss if you don't believe that he has enough separation quickness as well. Um, so I, I think he's a true alpha um, and uh, pro- profiles as, as an X receiver. So um, I like, I like Alvin Harmon. Wish he ran a little faster at the combine, but I still think he's going to be a, a really nice player at the next level. Yeah. But you know what? It didn't surprise me that he ran slow, which is why he, I mean, he's my wide receiver three as well. Didn't hurt him at all to run four six because I thought he was going to run high four fives. You yeah, know? I was so hopeful like, though. You know, I was hopeful. Yeah, of course you're hopeful, but it wasn't one of those tests that I felt like I needed to go back to the tape and rewatch because it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that, you know, and it's just that he's just four six and that's the way it is. But he'll be perfectly fine in that capacity because he is so good at the catch point and he he does have such great body control and ability to kind of work around defenders and up uproot defenders and get himself some favorable space as he's tracking the football. So for me, Harmon, kind of same same valuation that you had, Joe. I don't think his ceiling's especially high, but he can be a guy that you can run a lot of your possession concepts and routes through the middle of the field and back shoulder throws. He can win in those kinds of areas and be quite successful there. Um, we're perfectly fine. Four six Calvin Harmon, my wide receiver three. He is number 31 on my overall big board. So I got no problems late first round if you needed to go that way. But I don't think you'll see a wide receiver run like that early. My number two receiver is Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. Um, I think you had a good summary of him. And there's two, there's just uh, obvious, the things that are that you like about him are easy to identify. He's big, he's athletic, um, he has 
crazy moments at the catch point where he just totally beats dudes and adjusts to the football and has a ton of catch radius and he extends his catch radius really well. Super productive. If he would, I, I like that you talked about just kind of how gradual he can be off the line of scrimmage at times. I think that can be taught, and I think he's got the athletic ability to uh, to really become a little bit more urgent getting into his route stems, and then it, it, the, the the inconsistency at the catch point. You just why does he drop the football so much? And it's the frustrating part about the drops is that like he makes those those highlight reel catches look so easy, and there's just times where he just, I mean, plucks the football with uh, you know unbelievable aggressiveness and, and just natural ability just gets his hands aligned and attacks it so aggressively and then there's you're just like dude how, how the crap did you drop that ball and then you, you kind of keeps doing it so if he could clean up those two issues i mean he might be wide receiver one i, I mean i know that's one of those things that like yeah you, you have to you have to get better and that what type did, of stuff but you just get done saying to me talking about the four teams yeah you know if I, if, 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 if yeah well i, I the difference is one's a correctable ah, thing and ah, the other ah, one's not so yeah i don't know there it is, I, don't it know. Is. Yeah. I don't know keep quit moving your head man you're setting off the alarms in your house i was it was like seinfeld with the cigar when he's sitting there in the chair nodding his head laughing yeah, i bet it was, was joking, jeez so there you go wide receiver to akeem butler i will not stand for the Nikhil harry slander joe you should i won't do it wide receiver i won't seven. do it yeah Seven? Yeah. What what kind of grade do you have on, on Akeel? He's got a two. a two. He's got a two. Okay, now I can understand that because this wide receiver group is bonkers. I started laying out my uh, my uh, my big board in horizontal fashion. So if you're not familiar with that, it's it's tiers. So you've got reading from left to right, position by position, every top ten player grade that I have, every first round grade that I have. And for wide receivers, it's it's a really funny image because you look at this image of it laid out with all these wide receivers laid out. And I legitimately have I have six wide receivers with round two grades plus Kelvin Harmon with an early two. Then I have seven wide receivers with a round three and seven wide receivers with a round four. It's it's a massive group in the middle of this year's draft as far as the talent. So that was one of the reasons why I felt compelled to say I didn't think we would see an early run on wide receivers because of the depth. Now, getting back to Nikhil Harry, uh, I love his ceiling. Uh, He doesn't have a ton of separation on his film right now, but you could tell by the way he tested. You can tell when you watch him in the open field, he's a good enough athlete to get a lot better in these areas. And he is a guy that can play above the rim. He is a guy that has excellent concentration, excellent hands, wins some contested 50-50 throws. He had that Obadell Beckham catch against USC that my mind still cannot comprehend how it works. Uh, he tagged Justin Lane for, for a touchdown against Michigan State earlier, early in the season. He's got wins against quality competition. And just because he's not separating, like, I'm not going to knock him because I see the athletic potential to be so much more. And he tested a lot more dynamic than what Kelvin Harmon did. So Nikhil Harry for me is a little bit of a ceiling projection, but I do have first round grade on Nikhil Harry. And I do think he can win in certain areas as is right now, as far as fighting for 50, 50 throws and back shoulder throws, he's very good in body control in those areas. So there's a lot of 
untapped potential for Nikhil Harry, but I'm not going to buy low on that potential because of what I've seen athletically. Hear you. You're more comfortable than I am. I, I still like him. Though. Second round grade. Apparently uh, not. Wide receiver. Wide wide, what's that? I said wide receiver seven. Apparently not. <laughs> Second round grade. I don't tell you. <laughs> um, DK Metcalf, wide receiver one. Um, man, yeah. one of the just crazy to me that he's such a polarizing uh, person to discuss in this year's class because I think he's so special. Uh, I mean, the blend of size, speed, strength. Uh, I mean, he he's going to be a bully at the line of scrimmage. He's really nuanced with his releases. Um, his length and in, in his physical traits, he can dominate on alone, but he gives you some nuance there in terms of his route running and, and his ability to get off the ball. Um, everyone wants to talk about those agility scores. And I mean, you can go to tape and, and it's not something that really limited him, but just think about the different ways that wide receivers can win and make plays. And, and I've said this a lot, but like the way that Mike Evans wins is different than the way that Julian Edelman wins. And the way that Julio Jones wins is different than the way Robert Woods wins. And so you have to keep in mind that there's so many different ways that wide receivers can be successful. And if your big concern with him is the hard horizontal in-breaking routes and outbreaking routes that are on the hard horizontal plane, and you're concerned there, just th- that's not everything. This guy is going to cross the face of corners, get leverage, get deep. No one can run with him and stay in pace. And I just, there's such a dominant physical skill set. And it showed up on the football field in the SEC on with regularity. Now, do I wish that he was more uh, productive and, and didn't have those injuries? Of course I do. But he was on pace to be every bit as productive as A.J. Brown in 2018. Uh, but he got injured. And so if you wanted me to get concerned about DK Metcalf, talk to me about a foot injury in 2016 that ended the season and a neck injury in 2018 that ended the season. That's the stuff that's going to get me concerned. Not, not a bad three cone in short subtle time, especially when he's had historically great testing in every other area. So I just feel like he's got the highest ceiling of any offensive prospect in this year's class. And I take him in the top 10 all day long. Preach Joseph preach my number nine player, DK Metcalf wide receiver one. Now, we're doing really good on time relative to yesterday, so I'm going to skip my narrative on DK because we've talked a ton on DK. He's wide receiver one. I'm going to read through my list, one through 36. I did 36 of these guys, and then I'll tell you who I'm going to pound the table for on day three. Okay. Metcalf, Harry, Harmon, Samuel, and Butler, one through five. A.J. Brown, six. J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, seven. Riley Ridley, eight. Marquise Brown, 9. Terry McLaurin, 10. McLaurin is the first third-round grade that I have. Paris Campbell, 11. Stanley Morgan Jr., 12. Andy Isabella, 13. Emmanuel Hall, 14. Penny Hart, 15. Anthony Ratliff-Williams, 16. David Sills, my first fourth-round grade, 17. Cody Thompson, 18. Demarcus Lodge, 19. Anthony Johnson, 20. Jacoby Myers, 21. Antoine Wesley, 22. Nicole Hardman, 23. Darius Slayton, my first fifth-round grade, 24. Gary Jennings, 25. Terry Godwin, 26. Dylan Mitchell, 27. Hunter Renfro, 28. Jalen Hurd, 29. Keyshawn Johnson, my first sixth-round grade, 30. Preston Williams, 31. Olamide Zacchaeus, 32. Miles Boykin, 33. Lil Jordan Humphrey, who's honestly a tight end, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, my first seventh-round grade, 34. Reggie White Jr. from Monmouth is 35. Felton Davis from Michigan State, 36. Give me Jacoby Myers, Joe. 
If I had to pick one of these fourth round or later guys to stand on the table for, give me Jacoby Myers. He's smooth. He's a fairly big body. He knows how to navigate the middle of the field. And he's still growing into his role, right? Like a former quarterback. So I really like his athletic potential. I like his hands. He's won some tough catches, some contested catches. And he's not a small guy in the slot, but he's a guy that can kind of take some of the ground and pound of working the middle of the field. And uh, I thought he was a really reliable third down target for NC State this past year. And I just like what I saw there. Yeah, what he set the record for uh, receptions in a season for Corey Holt's record. Uh, from NC State there. All right, Kyle, you did 36. I did 41. 41 freaking receivers this year. I will rip through this quickly. One, DK Metcalf. Two, Akeem Butler. Three, Kelvin Harmon. Four, Debo Samuel. Five, AJ Brown. Six, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Seven, and Kiel Harry. Eight, Marquise Brown. Nine, Paris Campbell. Ten, Riley Ridley. Eleven, Terry McLaurin. Twelve, Emmanuel Hall. Thirteen, Miko Hardman. 14, Stanley Morgan Jr., 15, Hunter Renfro, 16, Andy Isabella, 17, Demarcus Lodge, 18, Miles Boykin, 19, Darius Slayton, 20, Gary Jennings Jr., 21, Cody Thompson, 22, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, 23, Anthony Johnson, 24, David Sills, 25, Jacoby Myers, 26, Jalen Hurd, 27, Johnny Dixon, 28, Jazz Ferguson, 29, Deontay Johnson, 30, Dylan Mitchell, 31, Antoine Wesley, 32, Travis Fulgham, 33, Keelan Doss, 34, Jamal Custis, 35, Keyshawn Johnson, 36, Lamade Zacchaeus, 37, Penny Hart, 38, Greg Dorch, 39, Terry Godwin, 40, Preston Williams, y'all lied to me about him, 41, Tyree Brady from Marshall. What the hell happened to Penny Hart? What's, what's exciting about Penny Hart? Oh my goodness, he was phenomenal at the Senior Bowl, man. He sure was, and then I watched his game tape and I lost my vibe. His game tape was perfectly fine, and he is a saint. How dare you? Really? I didn't know you were like a huge Penny Hart guy. I mean, I got it. He's 15 for me. Why is he 15? I think he's he's a winner in the slot as far as I'm concerned. Okay. But Uh, he has to play in the slot. Yes, he does. Um, Who am I pounding the table for? It has to be a day three grade, right? Correct. So fourth round grade or later. Please say Cody Thompson. No. Um. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm going to go with Johnny Dixon from Ohio State. Um, Kind of a late bloomer, big-time recruit uh, to Ohio State. Uh, Came on the last couple years for them. And uh, I love that he he gives you that speed dynamic, but he also gives you ball skills. It's funny, as I got deeper into this class, I saw a lot of uh, guys that have great time speed but didn't know how to find the football down the field. And I think you get that from Johnny Dixon. And, um, you know, he's he's juiced up guy. He can win after the catch. He's a good return guy. He's good covering kicks. And I know we've talked a lot about these Ohio State receivers. It's always Terry McLaurin and, and Paris Campbell. But I think that that Johnny Dixon is a player that has has a lot of appeal on day three. He's he's funny. He's like a freelance type of route runner where he did some pretty unorthodox things, but he always kind of got to his spot. So there's some detail and technique that he's going to have to learn as a route runner, but he's got all the physical ability, I think, to be a really good separator at the next level. So uh, if you could be a little bit patient, I think you get a productive player here in Johnny Dixon somewhere on the middle of day three. Okay, Joseph, we've reached a critical mass here. Okay. We're 23 minutes into the pod and we just finished wide receivers. Okay. I thought we were in good shape. We were like 17 minutes kind of rounding up, rounding up the DK. So let's book it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. You, we, we want to do these tight ends justice, and I'll start. 
but you're getting a little bit of turbo around here. We're trying to finish up by like 35. We'll see how we do. Uh, tight end five for me, Elise Mack. Was really surprised when I turned on this guy's tape. He was one of the last two tight ends that I watched. Was fully prepared for Dax Raymond to be tight end five. Mack, you know, he, he missed some time as far as eligibility. But if you read a lot of the stuff that's come out regarding Mack lately, it seems like he's kind of turned the corner as far as keeping himself in line. And I think he's really smooth. He ran 4.7 flat, so he's not like a true burner. But as a guy who's like 250 pounds, he's really smooth in the middle of the field. You think back to that Miami game in 2017. They got smacked down in Miami. Mack was the one that plucked that helmet off the defender's helmet in the end zone on a ball that he had no leverage on whatsoever. So he's got nice ball skills. He's had the opportunity to showcase it every once in a while. I mean, shoot, even going back to that time where they went up to Temple and Temple was ranked and Notre Dame was like a top 10 team. He had big plays in that game that went down to the wire too. Uh, so I, I think he hasn't had a chance to really showcase his receiving chops because of the quarterback situation at Notre Dame. And he's a good, not great blocker, but I think he does enough that he could be a player that gets some snaps early because he's comfortable with his hand in the dirt. Number five for me, Kahal Waring from San Diego State. Love his tape, man. He's he's ready to block right now. You just tell he's just a natural athlete. Played about a billion different sports in high school. He winds up walking on in 2015 to San Diego State after I think just one year of high school football. By 2017, he's a scholarship athlete. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a ton of production, but you can just tell whenever he's targeted, there's just a natural athletic ability about him and the way that he runs routes and attacks a football. And uh, you you really I thought he was terrific at the combine. You just love his body composition. Um, I I just love everything about this player. I think that a team should take him in the top 75 and and feel good about them having a a potential starter there and uh, being able to make an impact in every way that you want a tight end to contribute for a team. Okay, so my tight end four is Jace Sternberger from Texas A&M. There was a period there in which I thought Jace might jump Irv Smith. Uh, Jace didn't test quite as well as I thought he would, so I went back and, and kind of rewatched his tape. And there were some foot races where he was giving up ground, uh, but a lot of his, his chunk plays, he was wide open in the open field and was able to really make it count. Uh, my 56th overall player, love his ability to – Make catches in against holes in zone coverage. A lot of toughness where quarter his quarterback threw him into zone coverage and he had to take a hit as he's making the catch. And he did that with success. And uh, I think he, he's got a really exciting ability to navigate against zone and, and find soft spaces. But he's athletic enough where if you put him against linebackers and man-to-man coverage, he's going to cook you. So just be aware, he's got a little bit of nuance to his his game as well as far as how he runs his routes and uh, being able to sell breaks and creating that opportunity for him to get vertical and create separation. I think that's really where he's going to win as a guy who, if you get him matched up on the linebackers, he's going to tear him apart and get vertical and create chunk plays for you. So Jay Sternberger, he's a work in progress at the line of scrimmage, but I really, really like his receiving game. Yeah, same for me at number four is Jay Sternberger. Uh, I think he gives great effort as a blocker, and I think he's got good technique. Just got to get a little bit stronger. Love his route run- running, separation, quickness, can really challenge the seam. Uh, him on those stick routes is pretty lethal. Uh, love love how secure his hands are. I mean, he he's there, he'll catch the ball in a crowd, and just seems like he's got really good concentration. I think he had a, a catch of 20 yards or more in 12 of 13 games this year for Texas A&M. So he gives you that 
big playability and, and, um, you know, wish he would have tested just a touch better, but I'm not all that concerned because I think his functional athleticism is very good. I think he'll be a quality player. He's my tight end four. Tight end for tight end three for me, excuse me, is Irv Smith. Um, Irv Smith's actually up my board a little bit, Joe. I like him 35th on my board. I think Irv is a player who's, he's not overly explosive, and I think that's pretty apparent when he tries to press vertically up the field. He's kind of one speed the whole way. But that's fine because he is so good at the top of his routes that I think he's really able to compensate for not being able to explode off the snap and force defenders to give him space. He does a nice job when it comes time to make those breaks. Uh, pretty reliable hands. He had the one catch against Georgia that kind of stood out. Uh, in the middle of the field, but other than that, really reci- really reliable hands catcher. My my question for Irv really is: You're 242 pounds. You're not overly explosive. You had good straight line testing. He ran well at the combine, but his explosiveness wasn't something he could hang his hat on. Are you going to be a guy that's flexed and moved around, or are you a guy that's going to play in line? Joe, I'm curious if you have any input here, because I'm assuming he's also your tight end. Yeah, he's my tight end three. And as the, uh, you know, I I host the Lockdown Bills podcast, so I'm pretty engaged with Bills Mafia and and their desire for a tight end and the Brian Dable connections. And everyone's like, oh, better better trade up in front of the Patriots at number 32 if we're going to get this guy. I don't think he's, no. he's yeah he's not like that right and 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 I don't want to like start by talking down him because I think he's a really good football player um, and I, I think he gives you contributions across the board I love his ability to block but does he have that second gear you know I didn't see it on tape and they didn't didn't run all that well and, and is he a guy that's going to be able to win those foot races does he give you that athletic ability that makes him a first round tight end. You know, I think that's what he definitely a day two tight end. I think he's going to be a really good starter, but that his, his modest separation quickness his last lack of a true second gear limits him a little bit for me in terms of, all right, yeah, no, we don't need to be rushing and, and worried about moving back up into the first round to get this guy. Good, good football player. He's just not that special. If that, if that makes sense. Hold on. My producer's pulling something up real quick. Oh, okay. Irv Smith Jr., tight end three, solid player, productive in 2018. Uh, I, I, lo- I lost it with the uh, the jumps. I was sitting here pu- trying to pull up Gerald Everett from South Alabama because they're like the same height weight, Yeah, right? Like Everett was like 239 and Irv was 242, and they both ran like 6'2", something in the 40, and Gerald went in the second round. So like that might be the kind of – role and expectation Everett was a little bit more explosive on his jumps and change of direction stuff than what Irv was but other than that like as a day two tight end that's kind of my expectation for role and usage for Gerald Everett because I don't think he's going to be a guy that really feasts and thrives at 242 pounds with his hand in the dirt tight end two for me my 11th overall player in this year's draft class TJ Hawkinson from Iowa I'm obviously buying high on not no offense receiving ability, but I'll talk about him in just a minute. Hawkinson is the most NFL ready made tight end. He can go to any team because he's comfortable with his hand in the dirt. You can't understate for rookie tight ends and young tight ends that leap that's required when you have to play in line in the pros versus doing it at the college level. 
Hawkinson's really polished in those areas, and I think he will be perfectly fine doing so, which I think makes him a universal prospect that you don't have to make any concessions for, and that's going to really help his draft stock in a couple weeks. My tight end, too, is from Iowa, but his name is Noah Fant. Um, really explosive guy, right? Like I think he's going to be one of those true X factors, a guy that can win in line and from the slot, really give you, I mean, an insane athlete, but with really good ball skills. You saw him, you know, just kind of really dominate against top competition. And, you know, think about that Ohio State game. Was it in 2017? I mean, just unbelievably explosive. Um, and and I think just what, you know, the NFL is looking for tight ends like this, guys that can move around, pace and space type offenses that are just going to give matchup problems. And, and Noah Fant, man, um, I think he's actually probably a little bit better blocker than some people give him credit for, but yeah, he, he's – He's explosive, and I think that's just the best way to put it. And he gives you that the size element to go with it. He's going to be a problem, and and so I think he'll first round grade for me. I have two first round grades, both the Iowa kids, and uh, you know I, I don't. I'm not sure you couldn't convince me he's not tight end one, but uh, we'll get into that here in a second. I'm not going to try and change your mind, Joe. I respect your opinion, but if I'm looking at the upside on Noah Fant, who is my tight end one, uh, this this is a potential. Jimmy Graham type target as far as his ability in the red zone, his ability in the middle of the field, his ability to stretch the field. But he is a guy that's going to come with more, what's the word I want to use? He has to go to the right team, right? Like you can't draft an athletic guy like this, like what the Dolphins did last year with Mike Isecki, who I think fan is completely – 10 tiers above Mike Gusecki as far as his caliber of a football player. But the Dolphins drafted Gusecki, who was a vertical flex tight end, and one out of every five plays they asked him to stay in and pass block. (laughs) You can't do that because you're going to set him up for failure. Fant is a player that if you get him the right coaching staff, the right quarterback, He's going to be a monster, and he's going to be unstoppable as far as his receiving chops and what he can do for a team. But if you try and make him something he's not, then he's going to fail to live up to expectations. I want to grade him on what he can do, which is why he is tight end one for me, because I think his impact in the game, the way the game is played now, in the right situation can make more of a difference than Hawkins. Interesting. Um I like I like TJ Hawkinson as my t, my tight end one. Um, my my kind of phrase that I always go to when I talk about Hawkinson is that he gives you all those those classic abilities of an inline tight end where he can block and win you know in the trenches. But then he you get to that same dynamic upside as a modern day tight end where you can flex him out, use him in a variety of ways. He'll win after the catch. Um, you know, maybe not quite the athlete Fant is, but I think he might be more a little bit more balanced all around. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a star. I think he's cut from that same cloth as a George Kittle, Travis Kelsey type tight end. And, you know, I don't talk about tight ends. It's top 10 guys very often. I think that he's going to be a star. And, and so Hawk tight end one, very excited about him. Okay. So quick read through my list and then a day three guy I'd pound the table for Fant Hawkinson, Smith, Sternberger, Mack are top five. Dax Raymond. I also have a third round grade is six. Foster Moreau, 7. Kyle Waring is 8. Isaac Nauta is 9. Dawson Knox is 10. Tommy Sweeney, 11. 
Caden Smith, 12, Andrew Beck, 13, Drew Sample, 14, Trevon Wesco, 15, Zach Gentry, 16, Jerome Washington, 17, Josh Oliver, 18, Caleb Wilson, 19, Jake Powell from Monmouth is 20. You're ripping through those Monmouth players this year, huh? (laughs) Listen. I was asked to do assessments for a potential agent. I know. Okay, I gotta do gotta do my job. I know. And listen, I'm not gonna write I'm not gonna write the report and then not put them in the book. I don't blame you. I, if I write any report, I'd make sure it's published. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to do any more than I have to. How here, many reports know? are you up to now? Is it two thousand yet? Have you read two thousand? Uh, no. Over six years, over six years, I have done uh, one thousand eight hundred and thirty. Scott. So you're gonna go to you're gonna go two bills or, or well, I don't even know if it's bills in the thousands. Next, what are those? Two G's. Two G's. Next year, next year I'm gonna go two G's. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have to be, make that a special thing when you do. Yeah, the I'll have to keep track and remember who my my two thousandth yeah. written scout. Right, I'm happy for you. Um, day three got a pound the table for give me Tommy Sweeney uh, from Boston College, like a, a low key really solid tight end. He's not built overly impressive. He's not a great athlete, but he's got great hands. I think he blocks pretty well coming out of Boston College. You know he's a guy that knows how to run block. Uh, but he had some really, really tough catches. Yep. And they, they tested his catch radius too yep. because they had some inaccurate passes there at BC. But I, I just came away really impressed. I'm like, this is definitely a pro player. He might not ever be a, a true like starter for you. But if I look at my guys that have day three grades, like Dawson Knox – has incredible athletic potential, but you know he was grossly underutilized at Ole Miss, and it really put him behind as far as his football IQ. Tommy Sweeney, I know what I'm getting. I feel comfortable with him. He'd be a guy I would love to have as a second tight end on my roster. He's going to play forever, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like you'll never get rid of him. Oh no, yeah, he's, he's a cockroach. He's going to sign, and then in like in like six or five years from now, he's going to sign like a four year, fifteen million dollar deal with some team. You know, he's always going to be around. All right, so my my rankings and. Day three, pound the table guy. Hawkinson one, Fant two, Irv Smith three, Jay Sternberger four, Kahal Waring five, Dawson Knox number six, Dax Raymond number seven, Foster Maror eight, nine is Josh Oliver, 10 Trayvon Wesco, 11 Tommy Sweeney, 12 Alizee Mack, 13 Drew Sample, 14 Caden Smith, 15 Isaac Nada, man, you're slow, 16 CJ Conrad, 17 Zach Gentry, 18 Caleb Wilson, you're fast but you can't play, 19 Andrew Beck, 20 Daniel Helm um my pound the table guy I was a little surprised to see this guy so low on your list Josh Oliver from San Jose State it sucks <laughs> yeah Bueno ballot board is gonna be good folks it's gonna be good um yeah so Josh Oliver doesn't actually suck um he, he he's not he's not gonna be able to to block I, I don't I don't trust he, he doesn't suck no but <laughs> He's not a great blocker, but I really like his ball skills and his athletic profile. And so, you know, I think you talk about a move tight end, a mismatch guy. He's he's really good at the catch point. I mean, he can win after the catch. I mean, he's got the juice that you're looking for to be able to create post-catch. I mean, if you can overlook, you know, a guy that's just kind of lacking the functional strength to hold up uh, as a blocker and he need, needs to kind of speed up his whole process as a blocker, you just probably don't want him to block. And maybe that's what I'm trying to say here. But if you want a weapon, a big, a bigger weapon that that can separate and give you that size component, I think you can you can do worse than Josh Oliver on day three. So, so he's a wide receiver. Got well, it. what is he? What is what is his weight? He's probably like <laughs> close to two fifty, right? Uh, I don't know. Let me. He's a flex no, tight end. Him. He's a flex. Okay, okay. Well, we'll talk about that with Battle of the Boards. Sounds like yeah, sounds good. 
Hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, we're rounding the corner here right around 40 minutes. So we cut a little time off versus yesterday, Joe. It's solid. <laughs> it's going to uh, be 40 minutes we're gonna, every one. We're going to talk about it every time. No, yeah. no. We're going to get it down to 35. I feel good about Monday's show. Offensive line, you don't have much to say? No, I'm going to keep it real brief. But I do need to wrap this in the next 30 seconds so we don't go over 40 minutes. So Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Make sure you hit subscribe. Give us your hot takes for next week's Takes on Takes with the hashtag Takes on Takes or if you're going to turn somebody in with the hashtag TattleTakes. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. NFL Draft is right around the corner. Come back and see us again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.